Welcome back, everybody, to the show. We are here for episode three. And for that, we got three people on today's show. Uh, you got myself and Steve, who you all know, and we got Mr. Matt Detman, who is Blue City Athletics coach, the Blue City Gym head of maintenance, and among other things. And today we are talking West Coast Classic, CrossFit semifinals, and a little bit about the role of the coach for a games athlete, games team, and how that is evolving uh, in a macro trend in the sport. So with that, Matt, how are you doing? Uh, give, a, give, us, give us a little, give the people a little, little intro uh, background, if you will, for those that don't know you. <laughs> uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I don't, I've been kind of involved at uh, not this level, but involved with CrossFit since about 2011. Uh, purchased an affiliate with uh, uh, some folks back in 2011 and kind of moved away from that role in about 2015. Um, you know, kind of being an athlete, used it for training for Ironmans, actually. It's kind of how I kind of fell into that, that, that uh, you know, kind of found the CrossFit route that way. And then, you know, when things changed in, in 2015, we switched gyms. Um, Taylor and I came together, um, started dating, and she was wanting to move away from a team role and move, do more an individual. So we decided to walk down that path together of doing some uh, individualized training and coaching, kind of player-coach role, whatever you want to call that. And it led us to where we're at today, where now we are – multi you know as far as i go i am you know trying to do what i do you know just trying to stay fit and keep off father time but uh you know yourself, dude. Yeah. let's uh let's talk about we we can get in we can get athletes. into that in another podcast but uh <laughs> but we uh i don't want to bring up all that disappointment but <laughs> but you know I, I, by where we kind of come into where you led into this was um you know we've gone down multiple um levels of open regionals sanctionals games and now finding our way back into the team world where she wants to get involved and maybe have a little bit more fun with all the other fit people in the gym and see if we can maybe get uh, get to the next level that way and uh you know that graciously it, it let me kind of overstep my bounds and kind of push my push my uh hopeful coaching of another team to the to the games uh, to them, and, and and here we are. So that's kind of a, a light thirty-five thousand foot perspective of where we came from, where we're at, and kind of what we're hoping to do. Awesome, awesome. As we're recording this, it is June fourth. We are. Let's see. We are exactly two weeks out from hitting the competition floor at the West Coast Classic in Vegas for the Blue City Athletics team. So as you heard, Matt's coaching but who do we got on the team steve you want to uh you want to run me through who's who are the competitors on this team that matt is five people, the people? Matt? <laughs> yeah give us the give us the roster the full roster so we've got uh um well we got like a uh, hockey team has their 18 players that they dress but 22 total on the roster give us give us the full breakdown yeah uh we've got myself um we got Taylor Stride, um, Mara Sanders, and we are 
kind of in a spot between Chris Harbinson and Connor Flynn. And uh, there's a little story there with uh, those two. There's just a injury. We're trying to feel out how, how ready Chris could be. He's the one we competed with for quarterfinals. Uh, got us the scores that we got. Uh, looking real strong earlier in the year. And then, unfortunately, just banged up his back in, uh, in training a couple weeks ago. And uh, kind of seeing where he's at. I think he's turning a corner. And, um, yeah, coming down to the wire and making a decision with uh, which athlete you want to go, go with. Very cool. And Steve, how has it been having Matt as a coach for the team, as opposed to like a, um, you know, having a, having a person like Matt that is sort of in that role versus, you know, not many, not many teams probably have that sort of dedicated coach for their team. Like they, they, they have a coach like, you know, Max Alhaja training think tank has his games athletes and his teams and he, he coaches all of them. But how's it, how's it been having a, a person that is not on the actual competition floor being to bounce ideas off of and all that stuff? Because I think where I'm kind of going with it is, uh, you know, there's a reason the, the, on an NHL hockey team, the players are the best at playing hockey no doubt about it. They, they can skate laps around the co- circles around the coach, but there's a reason that every team like has that dedicated, uh, that coach. So that it's kind of, uh, you know, the players can brainstorm ideas. Oh, we should do this. Oh, we should do that. But it's not really a, uh, you know, there's a reason that teams have that role. So how has it been like that versus uh, your experience being on a team teams before yeah. where it's really the athletes having to coach themselves? Yeah. It's like a, in the past, it's always been like a, a Jackie Moon situation, right? Where you're like player, owner, athlete, coach, trying to do everything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's always better to have a specific person for that role. And uh, Matt is the perfect person for that role in this gym. I've, I've known Matt for since 15 or before, you know, and, uh, you know, completely trustworthy and reliable. Is very good tactician when it comes to the sport and, um, you know, kind of uh, – the Brian friend, if you will, of <laughs> athletic squad, uh, he knows all the data and, um, you know, really good at game planning, uh, workouts and, uh, and writing workouts. Uh, and I feel completely confident with him at the helm to, uh, get us where we need to be. Awesome. And speaking of that coach, Matt, what are we, what are our main, you know, our main focuses, a few items, if you will, two weeks out from competition uh, in terms of getting these, getting these athletes, uh, you know, geared up and ready to perform their best on that day. What, what are, what are, uh, what couple things are you focusing on most uh, at present? I mean, there's a couple different things. Um, you know, Steve said, it's like, it's constantly working numbers. And um, I think seeing a live competition last week, you know, was good for us to see like where we were and things like that. But I, I kind of joke, it's kind of like herding, herding cats, trying to <laughs> herd cats, trying to get everybody on the same page. So, you know, two weeks out, what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do is, you know, a little bit of last minute buttoning up of things, you know, the worm really tore a couple of teams apart. So we're trying to, you know, trying to 
like I said, button a couple things up there, make sure that we've got all those movements, who's calling, who's counting, who's working, when can you press, when can you, you know, when you need to let off the throttle, just kind of keeping everybody on the same page. Um, you know, we've been working really hard, you know, um, up to this point, but two weeks out, I think there's a lull period where, yeah, I kind of been hearing it and seeing it with some, some of these folks in the gym where, you know, they just want to be, they just want it to be here. You know, we, we got the advantage of being the last, um, you know, the last semi. So that's good and bad. It's good because you get to see what it gives you a couple of extra weeks to train for us. It gives us a couple extra weeks to, uh, to heal up some, some injuries, but then it also, you know, you're just like, my gosh, I want to go, you know, the, I'm sure the, these guys are like caged animals. They want to, they want to go. So my focus really for the next week and a half is just to keep everybody focused um, and to keep it, you know, to keep that same drive going and not, you know, not, uh, you know, kind of not let their guard down. Um, you know, it's it, that same drive that we had six weeks ago when we knew that we made it, made a semi, um, you know, I kind of want to keep that same energy up, uh, but also not expend so much energy that we roll into this thing tired. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a juggling of things right now, but, uh, but that's kind of, kind of where I see, see the role is now. It's, you know, I think the work has almost been done. I can't say it's been done, but it's almost been done, but it's now it's, we got to get to the start line. So it's a little bit of juggling. It sounds almost if I draw a sports analogy, like, like a, a, I'll stick with hockey for this episode. Let's say the number one team in the Western Conference sweeps their first opponent and has to, you know, they then have to wait probably two weeks, 10 days to play their next game as other uh, series get determined out over those seven games. And so it's almost like a mini version of, okay, we got to stay sharp and like get get ready for this, uh, this next competition that's coming up but without losing energy and ma- and managing kind of uh, some nicks and knacks, small injuries and that sort of thing. Would you, uh, would you say that's a decently fair comparison or what do you, what do you, uh, pretty fair. How do you, yeah. I know, I know you love hockey. I do. We both grew up playing and it's a, that's a, it's a pretty good way to, to spend, but it's right. It's a, it, it's a, it's a delicate touch. You know, you, you want to keep on the accelerator but you also have to man, you know, it's a, whatever, it's a seven game series, you know, so you can't, mm-hmm. you know, if you get injured in the first, first or second game, you're, you're in trouble. So, um, you know, we just get, number one, we've got to get there Two, We want to manage, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the level, the level of energy we're expending between now and then, because it was, we want to be almost peaking like when we get there, um, you know, and then we also, like you said, manage, managing some, some nicks, you know, we, again, we got some decisions to make on, the final pieces of the puzzle. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's, that's coming soon as well. So it's, it's, it, that's, that's all happening within the, you know, the, the, rem- the last week and a half, two weeks is of, uh, of what we've got. Good deal. Good deal. So let's, let's go through maybe a, a specific example of how a coach for an athletes on the team kind of work in tandem you you mentioned uh you know working on the worm and having a caller and a counter and all those things Stephen, you seem to be pretty solidly in place at that front of that worm can you talk about 
what you're expecting it's going to be like up there in terms of being in the environment and the uh, the team communication during it and that sort of thing and how 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 you're you know what is tell us what it's like up at the worm where it's going to be hard to hear you can't see anything and what uh, what you guys are doing as a team to kind of practice uh, being in sync for that um, well there's always that element of pregame jitters I'm sure that kind of plays into it and uh, I think the biggest thing to remember is just like literally stay in your own lane don't give a shit what everyone else to the left and to the right of you is doing the only thing that matters is you the three people you're on the floor with and your judge you know and um, and yeah that's it's gonna be interesting I feel like I've I've purposely turned up the volume in the in the jam a couple times when we've been doing these things. I think that's a good idea to keep doing is just blast the music because that place is gonna be loud. And not only is it gonna be loud, but you're gonna hear the team to like the left and the right of you. Um, and you gotta be on your own count and you gotta be fully uh present with the people that you're with to make sure that, you know, we're all communicating on, you know, when do I when do I squat? When do I pick up when do i move the worm when do i do this do that and like not just the worm i mean it's it's all the synchronized movements and it's um you know things could happen you might have to call an audible you never know it's just but you got to be able to hear each other and uh that's you know that's on me to like be paying attention to what's going on behind me it's also um on falls on the back of the person in the back who's making the calls to be loud enough and clear enough so we can all know what's going on Matt, run me through for a person who knows what the worm is, but maybe hasn't watched the CrossFit competition super closely. Run me through the elementary school level version of these uh, commands using the worm. What, what words are said? What movements are done after those things? The, the caller, if you will, what, what are the what are the words they use and what results in that? Just run me through that for a second. I mean, it's a little bit. It's a little bit different with everybody. There's probably some cussing that goes on involved. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's a there's there's commands for everything, and you know, every every team's going to be a little bit different. I think how this team calls it, you know, you've got a you've got an up call, you know, which means you know whether it doesn't matter what you know. Obviously, that worm's coming off the ground at some point, so whether it's a deadlift or a clean, or you got to get it get it to your shoulder to do a, a lunge, you're going to do some shoulder to overhead or throw whatever you're going to do with it. You've got a that bag. You know, I think Steve can attest to this. He, you know, I, I, I've what worked. What is the worm? Yeah, yeah, the worm. So, you know, for somebody <laughs> doesn't know what it is, I mean, you know, you're talking about something that weighs 358. You know, call it. You know, just shy of 400 pounds. You know, you've got 400 people to get that off the ground. So, you know, um, I'm struggling on what to compare that to. But if you know, with the worm, if it's in unison and the team is working perfectly, I think Steve can agree to this. It feels light. You know, you, you know, you, the feedback is immediate on when things work correctly. So, you know, you, that, that call is so important and the reaction time is so important to, to move to the, to, to wherever the next, uh, yeah, whatever the next element is. So, um, you know, the call that, you know, the calls, you know, you got either the third or the fourth person usually saying, Hey, up. And that's where everybody would bring it to, you know, whatever deadlift, they bring it to their shoulder or whatever that may be, whatever the movements is. And then you've got over, you've got down because normally if you're putting something overhead, 
you have to demonstrate control on the uh, on the other side so on, on your other shoulder and that's what the completion of the movement so you've got to you've got to almost kind of call or know the, the team has to be in unison on when to drop that or else that's you know going to be a, a costly no rep so calls are different for everybody for every team you know i think generally speaking our, the other team is usually just like the go um and then you've got somebody maybe even you that uh, that keeps count um probably somewhere else because it's a lot for one person to to call and to keep count and to remember to breathe as well which is kind of important on this element as well so absolutely and so we've got a workout that we know we'll be doing for the west coast classic and that is three rounds four time of 30 worm squats and 30 worm burpees. And so, like you said, we're gonna go up to get the worm going on those squats. What happens next? Person says down? Yep, you've got, usually you got a person, um, is that for a team workout? No, it's not. Uh, that might be coming though. Uh, well, sorry, West Coast Classic just put out a new workout. It's only for the individuals though. Uh, but, but answer your question. So, yeah. Uh, so the, on this workout, you know, um, I would assume I can walk you through it. I think you're going to have probably have yeah. three separate areas. You're probably going to do you're just thinking of a floor out there. It's not the games where you've got this hundred yard field. So you've got, you know, probably only about 75 feet to work with. So you probably got three sections. You're going to do your first work, first round in one section, move it to the next, do your second do your third. So what's going to happen is you're going to run out. Everybody's going to get in position. You're going to call it, uh, go, you're going to bring that to your shoulder. Steve in front will put an arm out indicating he's ready. And then as soon as he starts squatting, everybody behind him, behind the person in front of you is good. That's going to be your indicator of when to go. So you're, you're all, you're responsible to, to go when the person in front of you is moving down in a squat. And that should, in a sense, keep everybody in unison. And that's kind of how they've been training and it's been working out really well. And then they're going to have a number, whatever that may be. We're going to test, we're going to test that work, work out either tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow. And they'll know, uh, you know, with, with 30 squats, um, this is going to be a relatively quick time frame. Um, you know, that's a, that bag's probably not going to hit the ground until they're done with the 30 to do the, the burpees. So they're going to have to figure out where they're going to want to stop to rest so bring it to the shoulder do a certain amount of squats maybe call it 10 or 12 um and then do the additional 10 8 or the, the two rounds of, of 10 to finish that up and they'll be kind of communicating back and forth and on uh you know where they're going to stop and rest for a second so is it uh so having that set number i think is important maybe makes a little more context here but will, will somebody will the caller be saying down for every squat or will it be like down to start that num that set number and then they go with their kind of natural kids that may happen in a different movement kind of like a cleaning jerk um or maybe after starting a, a big set of thrusters but on a on a movement where squats you know that's that's where your team unity is really going to come in because you're you're going to start it's the it's the call to start to bring that to your shoulder you know, the indication from Steve that you're ready. And then that's when the team, that's when you're going to know whether your team's been working together or not, or whether they're capable of, you know, of kind of silently communicating amongst each other, especially in a loud environment. They can't, they can't work well 
uh, you know, without having a call for every single, like 30 of those squats, you know, it's, it's, that's mm-hmm. not the time that's going to be competitive. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the, talk so to me call, about the, so the calls will really be, you know, probably at the end of their sets, whatever that is, let's just say they're going to do three sets of 10 for that first, first round of 30, you know, there'll be a call to start. There'll be a call to rest. There'll be a call to start to rest, start to rest and drop. Perfect. Let's go to the, the burpees. Cause the burpees are going to be, I think similar, but a little bit different on the calls. Is there uh, Steve, is there, I'll throw this one to you for the, for the person that is never seen the worm or not familiar with it, at least answer me. This is, we're going to have somebody say up for every burpee. Is that, is that right? Or is it down or what, what's uh, what, how does that um, calling slash communication frequency change for the burpee compared to what we just talked about with the squat? Um, it's pretty much just an up call. Like for the most part, well, when you start it, like you drop the worm, two teammates slide to the right, two are on the left of it. And then you're kind of like diagonal to each other and you're, you drop to the ground there's probably one person in the back giving an, an up call. And it, that's the only rule is that you have to be synced at the bottom with your chest on the ground. And then everyone can kind of get up and jump over at their own speed. But the more un- in unison you are, the, the quicker you're going to move. It's like, it's the smooth, it's the, it's the teams that move smoothly through it that usually end up winning it. Like if uh, mm-hmm. Britain it too fast, then it's easy to fall out of sync. And if you get a no wrap, that's a huge waste of time. So we're going to have Matt, I'm, I'm testing if I understood this correctly. So, but we're going to have, if I understood it correctly, Matt, we're going to have 30 up calls during those 30 burpees relatively. Yep. Is that right? Okay. So we're going to have 30 up calls. We're going to have 10 teams. I'm assuming on the competition floor in lanes, very close together. They're going to all be having 30 up calls as well. It's going to be a loud arena. Um, the first time for a couple of the athletes being in that environment, a couple of the athletes, uh, Steve and Taylor have done it many times before, but maybe it's been a while. It's been a while for everyone. And so I guess where I'm going with this is we've got a loud environment, a new environment, close proximity to competitors, 30 calls, everybody, do we... Do we think it's safe to assume that every team is going to be saying up? I think everyone does. I guess my question is, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but like having, what do you think in theory, at least about having like a team, like I, I think about the sled dogs and the Iditarod race and like they have their own, each team like, you know, has their own launch codes it's it's universal commands but unique words for it so that they don't get mixed up when they're close to another team so i'm just going to throw this out there matt what do you think if it was like you replace the word up with i don't know red or something that's going to be super super different than everybody else that says so there's no um you kind of are eliminating some of that uh background noise and, the, and everybody's saying up We'll is that just too much there? Is there something to it? What are you what are your thoughts? I'm putting you on the spot. We, with just, it, but we just changed it. They're gonna say blue city each time. <laughs> blue city. I love it. Just just like our cheer right before uh we start any event. 
no, that is actually is a pretty good idea. I don't know. Well, we can run that by the, we might run that by the team. I mean, my, my position on that is, and I think and Steve can pipe in on this too. Um, you know, for when you're in the warm, I mean, you, if you look at the proximity, that third, it's been, you know, we worked with Connor this past weekend. It was like uh, for the burpees, the call position changes a little bit. That's where it kind of, the, the third person back seems to be pretty effective for that because if you think he's yelling to the person, I mean, he's at, he's at the feet of the person in front of him. So that person can hear him pretty good right over on the other side of the worm. He's almost, almost parallel to the second person. And then the third, the fourth person is right behind that caller. So it's generally, I know it's loud environment. It's a new environment. You got jitters, you got somebody next to you calling, maybe using the same signal, but you know, they've been, I think it's repetition. It's in the gym. Mm -hmm hearing the voice, knowing kind of when you're all down. I mean, you know, I, I think Steve would attest by the time you're into your fifth burpee, you're probably, you, you, you know, the timing of it. So you kind of, you can kind of time the up with, you know, where you think that's going to be. Um, and, but you know what, it, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a darn good idea. And if it, uh, it fails on delivery, that would, uh, we're going to give credit to you on that one. <laughs> I get all the, all the glory or all the blame. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's how, that's what, that's, that's what the coach gets. They don't get any of the, uh, any of the accolades when, uh, when things go right, but you get, you get to blame when things go wrong. So welcome to the glory. exactly. They get, they get, they get less credit than they deserve when things go right and more blame when things go wrong than they yep. deserve. That is the life of the coach. Cause it's, I mean, we are, it's going to sound I think one of the themes of this podcast, especially um, on episodes where we have Matt on the show, is going to everybody but a very in-depth CrossFit as a sport knowledgeable person. The things that we're going to be talking about are going to seem like, oh, that's, that's a little crazy or that's intense. Okay, whatever. But we're talking about a sport, you know. The, the every second counts thing is cliche, but you know, what happened this weekend at the mid Atlantic one tenth of a second makes the, makes the difference. Uh, so that's, that's just, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm interested in where that line is for our sports. Where is it like, okay, you guys are overdoing it versus, okay, we can get maybe by changing our commands, we're just, eliminating the chance of Steve at the front of the worm getting the wrong one. And it might save us a second over the course of a thousand worm movements of the weekend, but we're going to do it because it might help. You know, there's a reason Olympic uh, swimmers shave their legs. It makes them faster in the water. And we all know that those races touching the wall comes down to a second. So uh, that's just, those are the things on my mind and uh, where it goes with it. Steve, what do you, what do you think is the athlete? Would you, would you be, uh, if you came out saying, you know, instead of up, you said hike, would you be like interested in that? Or you're going to be I like, oh, so word and it has to be, I think the first letter in that word has to be not a bell. Um, but I'm open to the idea. I think it's a good idea. Uh, it just has to be like subconscious and second nature and, that way we can pick our voices out in the crowd because it can be hard to hear people sometimes. So I'm all for it. It sounds like uh, I'll, I'm going to, in terms of 
vocabulary here. There's a word, there's one word that I found in two sports that's used as a one syllable, like everybody get going sort of a thing. And that is the word hike. They say it, and obviously it's in football. Everybody knows it from the NFL, but I've got the dog mushing glossary pulled up in front of me and hike, they have the term. So here are the, the most common commands for a dog team. Hike, vulgar. get, what's that? Something super vulgar to where like, you can play <laughs> games with the teams like in the left and right of you. Like, some some loud profanity. Steve's taking it. Yes, that yeah. would be. But you can play defense a little bit this way. So, <laughs> so hike means get moving to start the team or increase speed of a moving team. G means turn to the right. Haw means turn to the left. Easy means slow down. Straight ahead means move forward. Woe means stop. On by means pass another team or distraction. And line out is a command to the lead dog to tighten the gang line and pull the team out straight ahead of the sled used while stopped to avoid tangles. So those are all like kind of reinforcing the one syllable, easy to hear, easy to thing that you're saying. So I, th I think it's interesting, especially for uh, just the, the simple, the simple ones, you know, you don't have to get super into it, but that's, that's one uh, one warm thing I've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean it's a. I mean it, it definitely is a good idea. I don't know if we need six different commands. Yeah, yeah. That might be. Uh, that might. It might be the, the laughing stock up there on <laughs> left and half the team's turning right. You're uh, not understanding what the heck's going on out there, but uh, but there is. I mean, there's a case to be made for that because of what we just talked about. Those elements, you know, being at the Amara. You know, we've got a lot of, te you know, we another another topic for another day, but, you know, we got Mara, who's never been on a, a competition floor this large, of this size. Mm -hmm. You know, Steve's, you know, Steve's a veteran. Taylor's a veteran. You know, the other the other folks we have, but you know, are, are, are former athletes that have been out on the floor. So, yeah, you throw music into that. You throw the competition, uh, you know, the, uh, the pressure of moving up the leaderboard out there and being next to a group, you know, two feet from a group yelling out the same thing. You could, you could, you could run into some problems. So there's a, there's a case to be made for what you're talking about. I can't remember who said this from the Mid-Atlantic, but you guys might have seen it. Um, might have not. I'm not sure, but I think it was one of the, who would it have been? It was from the Snatch. I, I'm going to. It might have been Amanda Barnhart, but don't hold me to that. But one of the things they were saying was like, how was it to get back out on the competition floor? And they're like, oh, super exciting, blah, blah. All that was awesome energy. And I think they were saying this in a positive light, but it's interesting. They said, usually at the games and every other competition I've had, the speakers for the music are right on the floor, but they are turned out towards the fans. And so it's like the volume is going towards the fans. And they, they were saying, this was different. This, they had the, the speakers turned towards the athletes and it was so much louder and not what I was expecting. And it did give us some energy, but they were like, it shocked. Like, I, they were like, oh my gosh, it was totally different. And because they were kind of talking about how, you know, I think there were 5,000 or whatever fans there at the Mid-Atlantic, but it was at a huge stadium, yeah. a college basketball stadium. So that's like another interesting wrinkle, I thought. Like you, you got to be prepared for that type of uh, environment, right? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's definitely that would definitely change things. I mean, you know, somebody that's not used to that. I mean, I think I think Steve's doing a good job of kind of trying to kick him in the butt with cranking the music up where 
um, I, can, I can barely hear myself think. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine what they're going through when they're uh, when when they're actually going through the workout. I would assume, I would hope that they'll get to a point where they wouldn't even hear the music. They would only hear the other teammates communicating with them, and that's that's ideally what you want on game day. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's see where are we at here. We're at thirty-seven minutes. We kind of transition into our last topic, and we'll, we will we'll, we won't break it down fully, but we've alluded to the coaching role in the world of CrossFit. And uh, what are you what are you what are your thoughts, Matt, on the um, you know Haley Adams? We're just going to use it as an example. Is very very you know if you watched her on that snatch event. She's kind of like Tia does with Shane. She's she's looking at Tasia, talking numbers in strategy, like on the floor doing that. That's the that's the coach. And so that's different than what we see with a lot of athletes. A lot of teams are going out there, and it's the co- the Jackie Moon situation that um, Steve uh, mentioned earlier. What do you what do you see as uh, maybe the the future of like the evolution of that t- sort of role? You know, Ben Ber- the Ben Bergeron. Um, type of, you know, Ben Bergeron and Comp Train, underdog athletics, that this is sort of a, it's been established in the sport for a little while now, but it kind of emerged out of the, um, you know, it wasn't a thing really early on in the game season. So do you think that maybe we're seeing another, you know, we had the, the, the team train or the training camp trend going on this year is the big one. Do you see yeah. in the future a Tasia Persevich Haley Adams type of uh, role, that sort of thing growing uh, as the sports progresses over, I don't know, the next five-year window? Or what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. There, there's a lot that there's, there's a lot there to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll try to condense it for time. Uh, but maybe, um, you know, underdog athletics, I don't know much about, enough about them, like who's doing the programming and then who's doing the coaching. So, I, so he's doing – if he's doing the programming and, like, and the coaching, I mean – I know for a fact he's tired. There's, mm-hmm. there's just too much. So that's, that's why, you know, I think that Tasia Haley, um, you know, I don't want to put Taylor and me in that, that yeah, <laughs> against right next to Tasia Haley. <laughs> it, it's just too much. Like I really enjoy programming, but I don't enjoy programming all the time. Like, like from A to Z, because I feel, you know, I, I really, I, I take it to heart when I miss something or I'm not, uh, you know, not utilizing something or maybe over-programming something. Um, so I, I like the somebody else program. I can pick and choose some additional pieces that I know need to be worked on or need to be brushed up on, or we can take some pieces out that might injure somebody because they've been doing too much of something. Or, you know, you, you, that's the role of that new level of coach is knowing your athlete. It's not a newer athlete coming into the sport. It's somebody that knows their own body. They've been there before. Uh, they've been successful. Maybe they've had some, uh, some misses and they just need to kind of have someone to help fill in those holes and then keep them focused. And then, you know, Haley, you know, it, doing math on the floor by yourself is, I mean, you, you think you're good at math till you get out there and you got... 30 seconds to figure it out and your mind just goes blank. So for her to look back at Tasia and be like, what, you know, what do I do? And that's, and, and you, you've already discussed those numbers, but it's just that reiterating, Hey, this is what you should do. This is what we talked about. Hit that. Or, Hey, that was easy. Go up. 
you know, I think with a team, it becomes a little easier because they know their limits. They know what they're going to, they know what they can do and they're talking to each other out there. So, um, you know, that may be no answer to your question, but I think that whatever you want to call it, like a player coach role of like the Ben Bergeron's and maybe tease you working with somebody that already really knows what they're doing. They just need to kind of help keep him in line. I think that's a very successful, a, success, a successful relationship moving forward in this sport. Um, you still need those coaches out there to kind of to, to herd the, the new folks and get them focused and get them out there and get them experienced. But you know that I think that look, you look at the look at the top. I mean, Ben is he's just throwing a couple cues over to Katra and she's and she's executing. You know, Tasia's throwing a couple cues to Haley and she executes. Um, you know, if you've got an experienced athlete and you've got somebody that knows where her holes are, where it knows where she's going to uh, lose focus or just needs a couple of uh, bullet points to kind of figure some things out. Man, that's 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 a successful relationship. Steve, any thoughts on the uh, the role of the the CrossFit Games coach versus CrossFit Games programming for athletes as we uh, finish up here? I mean, that pretty much hit the nail on the head for the most part. Um, so I, you agree? My, you see a uh, you see a opportunity for maybe growth you'll we'll maybe see more Tasia Persevich coach roles in the I, as the sport grows uh, individualized that like individual individual to individual especially at like an elite level like you can't if you want to really advance in like the sport of CrossFit you know it, it's cool to throw down in a group and the intensity's high it's a good time but uh everyone has different strengths and weaknesses and you've got to you got to pick and choose sometimes and you got to be able to know where you're at and what your body needs to further progress. Um, so I think, I think it's a mix of both and having a, someone to rely on and someone to, um, you know, shoot ideas off of is, is a really good thing. Um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Awesome guys. Well, it's been a good show. We'll wrap up here with, uh, with that. And we are, like we said at the beginning, two weeks out. So we are going to have uh, Matt will be a recurring guest co-host on the show as we uh, get really into the heart of the season here. So thanks you guys for coming on and uh, giving us those insights. We might have to, uh, you know, do a, a Zoom YouTube version of this to, to talk the worm and the visuals next time. I don't know. We'll have to. Even, multiple multiple content format. Maybe even an on-site from the West Coast Classic. Yeah, might be a good idea. We should do. We should apps. We should do multiple on-site podcast <laughs> episodes for sure. We're gonna have so much media that <laughs> that uh, you're gonna have to manage, Matt. You're gonna have to manage your team's uh, PR availability. Can't right. can't can't have them, uh, you know, doing too much too much press. All right, but we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, I don't know. Still waiting on that media pass. We'll we'll hear we'll see, <laughs> we'll see if I can get it back. But uh, Keep heard from. We'll get you there. Yep, I uh, I did hear back from them. They they sent me the official form to fill out, like the intensive media request form, and so I filled that out and turned that in uh, yesterday. Nice. So we shall see. And worst case scenario, I will just you know we'll see if. Uh, and sneak my way down there but thanks guys for coming on and we will touch base uh for our next episode here in a couple days All right, thanks everyone thanks for having us